Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside Trey Lyle, and we have plenty of actual baseball news to talk about this week, which feels good because we are still in this lockout between the Players Association and the Major League Baseball owners. So not a whole lot is going on around Major League Baseball, but we got blessed this week. We do actually have a couple of big news items to talk about. I think it's going to be a fun episode today. We're going to come up with some New Year's resolutions, not for ourselves, but for teams around Major League Baseball, maybe for ourselves. I think we could probably come up with some New Year's resolutions. We could probably use it. But uh, yeah, we have a great episode on tap today. Uh, Trey, I hope you had a great Christmas weekend. Uh, I don't know what, what, what did you end up doing over the, the holiday weekend? Visiting some family, you know, uh, splitting time between my my family and my fiance's family. So so I had a good time there. It was, uh, but you know, Christmas is now sort of an anniversary for you, Matthew. Uh, so how was it? You know, one year since being engaged. Obviously, you got married since then, and and your cat's birthday. So uh, <laughs> it's Christmas is a busy time. How was your holiday season? Did Santa Santa Claus also treat you pretty well? Yeah, he did. He did. It was a uh, it was a little different um you know a lot of you know with covid surging again uh, a lot of people at my office are out sick over the past week so we decided to play it safe we just stayed home facetimed with all of our families so it actually worked out pretty good because we got to spend the whole day together just the two of us facetimed with our families when we wanted to or you know obviously we wanted to see them so we talked to them a little bit and we had some good food over here in our apartment so it was actually a pretty good holiday weekend and yeah, like you said, it was our, our anniversary of getting our cat on the 23rd, our anniversary of getting engaged on the 24th, and then obviously Christmas. So busy weekend for us, but it ended up being pretty good in this time of COVID and Omicron and all that. Uh, but now we got New Year's coming up this week, um, New Year's Eve, obviously Friday, and then New Year's Day on Saturday. So with that comes a lot of New Year's resolutions. I typically don't make New Year's resolutions. Same. Because I, I won't I won't keep it. Yeah, I mean, wh- whoever really keeps it. And I don't really buy into the whole idea that you need a whole new year to, to start changing something in your life. If you want to change something, you don't have to wait until a whole another year. You could wait till Monday. But, uh, you know, a lot of people do make their New Year's resolutions. And I think that we could probably come up with a lot of resolutions for teams, players, people, organizations in Major League Baseball this year. And I think the first obvious one goes out to the Players Association and the owners, and that's just work out this collective bargaining agreement and let's have a season in 2021. I think that's probably the biggest New Year's resolution for anyone in Major League Baseball. Yeah, that was the first one that came to my mind when we, you know, you proposed this idea of going over some New Year's resolutions for teams in Major League Baseball. Um, It's definitely kind of just crazy to me, like how much how slow this process has been, which should be expected. You know, I I don't think like we've said before, won't pick up till March, but the fact that we're getting closer and closer day by day to spring training, which will catch up and, and be here before you know it, the way time goes 
and we don't really have any progress made, it, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I don't know what to expect because you would think that, you know, they would have some kind of progress made at this point. But uh, I mean, I don't think they've talked since early December, which, like I've said before, I kind of get it because it's the holidays and people are busy with their families and doing holiday activities. But this is still a pretty big deal. And you got to work this out. You got to get this done. So I'm surprised that they haven't made any more progress than they have. And I honestly don't know what to expect because it's just, you know, the way that baseball has been the past couple of years, it's, you can't put any trust in the owners or Rob Manfred or anyone on the league side, the players association side have a little more trust in because they just want to play, you know, they just want to play the game that they love and get paid fairly for it. So I really don't know what to expect, but I really hope that they are able to, get this done uh so another new year's resolution that i'm going to come up with this one goes out to the los angeles angels they made a big move earlier in the offseason signing uh noah Syndergaard from the mets and he's a good pitcher he can be really good for them he can really help with their rotation but their new year's resolution has got to be finding more pitching because noah Syndergaard is good but He's, you can't just rely on him. First of all, he's been injured like every season for the past three years. So that's not, that's not a good look. That's not a good outlook for the Angels. They have to find someone that they can rely on more than Noah Syndergaard because even when he is healthy, he's not the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. And, you know, I don't know who they're going to get this offseason, but they have to get somebody else to support him, to bolster that rotation behind him. They can't just bring in one big guy and rely on him and act like they made the best signing ever because they haven't. And pitching is their weakness. So Angels have to find some more pitching. That's, yeah, that's a pretty good one. I think we said that last time we did this <laughs> probably, last year. Probably said Get that Get more every talent year. around Mike Trout. Uh, my, my number two is a one for Major League Baseball, and it is figure out just a new way to market your stars. And in my head, I was thinking like, a hard knocks kind of aspect to baseball could be one option. Or um, if you're a formula one fan, their drive to survive, which follows their season. Like if you look at formula one's growth in, in the U S it's, it's a lot more with young people because of the drive to survive TV show on Netflix, like, and, and hard knocks and the NFL was still the NFL, but hard knocks added another element and grew their audience, um, you know, exponentially as well. So, doing some sort of aspect, whether it be a spring training kind of show following the storylines and, and marketing stars. But like that, that's something we've talked about time in and time out. And it needs to be a new year's resolution. Like just get the game with young people, like connect the game with young people more. And I think you have to be way more creative with that, whether it's through social media, whether it's through kind of those type of shows that because young people are not going to watch you know, just straight up watch a baseball game. You need to find creative ways to get them to the product. And I think streaming services are a way to do it. And streaming kind of shows are the way to do it. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I like the, um, that Hard Knocks style show idea. If they did something like that in spring training, I would I would love that. I would the NFL has moved it to, you know, during the season now. Like the Indianapolis yeah. Colts are doing it. And it, you know, it's not affecting their team. You They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, and they might make the playoffs. 
Yeah, I really like that idea. I would watch that. That would be really interesting from a from a baseball perspective to see a show like that. Uh, all right, last one for me. This one goes out to my Atlanta Braves. Got to re-sign Freddie Freeman. You have to. That's the one and only thing they have to do this offseason. I mean, they, they've made a few smaller moves already, and obviously no one can do anything right now because of the lockout. But as soon as that lockout's done, they have to re-sign Freddie Freeman. I don't care what he asks for. I don't care how much money he wants, how long of a contract he wants. Bring that man back to Atlanta. That's all they have to do. That's the one thing they have to do the rest of this offseason, and I'll be happy. Every, every Braves fan in the country, in the world, will be happy if that's the only thing they do the rest of this offseason. Well, my my last one goes to this podcast, and it is let's get more episodes out. I think there you go. We, that's we, a good one. We struggled of late, and I would add to it. See you in person more. You know, we 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 have it. We're we're uh, we're actually you know on pace for next year, I guess technically, to see each other a lot sooner than than um we did last year. But great, that's true. So because uh, I will see you this weekend. So that would as we record, and actually. My uh, my family is planning a trip. You know, my parents are in Harrisonburg. Me and Mariah are here in Richmond. My sister and her husband are in Charlotte. We're all going to meet up in Lynchburg sometime mid-January because it's kind of in the middle of all of us. What? So, so we could see... A, taking a family trip to Lynchburg. Maybe I'll sneak a visit to you in there that weekend. We could see each other twice in in the month of, of January, which is... We're, we're doing great because... You know, it's always good to see you in person and it's always fun. So, uh, you know, getting more episodes out for our great listeners. And, you know, obviously during, you know, these COVID times, being safe is the key. But uh, seeing your friends and family in person is always just special. So seeing you more in person, that beautiful face of yours uh, would always be is something I want to work on this year. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, so those are our New Year's resolutions for 2022. Man, I can't believe we're already at 2022. 2021 just flew by. We're getting old, Matt. We are getting old. <laughs> we'll both be 25. Oh, man. Uh, a couple of other big news items around Major League Baseball. Kyle Seeger of the Seattle Mariners retired this week, and that one came as kind of a shock, I think, to a lot of people. Um, when I saw the news, I was really surprised. I, I mean, he's 34 years old. He's played for 11 seasons. He's had a pretty good career. He's been really good for the Mariners over those 11 seasons. And they came just short of making the playoffs last year. Got to feel bad for him that he's going out on that year. I mean, it was a great season and everyone loved watching the Mariners last year, but they were so close to making the playoffs. And you got to think maybe if he stuck around another year or two, he would have made the postseason with them. But great career by Kyle Seeger. Of course, the older brother of Corey Seeger. He's been overshadowed a little bit by his younger brother. But Kyle Seeger did have a fantastic run in Seattle. Uh, 35 home runs in his final season, which he's only 34, kind of a young age to retire. But that is tied for the second most home runs in a final season in Major League Baseball. 35 home runs. So great, great career by Kyle Seeger. And wish him all the the best retirement. David Ortiz. Ah, that makes sense. David Ortiz in his final year had 38 home runs. I will say this: uh, when you when uh, I saw the news, I it kind of I thought he was going to sign with a different team, but it was like, oh, okay. Because if you remember, there was a video. I know, I know Major League Baseball kind of tweeted it. The Mariners tweeted it uh, when Steger went off the field for his final game as a Mariner. He was very emotional, like he was crying. Like you know, they brought him. They took him off in the middle of the game, and it, it definitely seemed like okay, that's his last game as a Mariner at home. So is he going to sign with another team? And then 
that's kind of where I was. That's what I leaned towards. So I was a little surprised by his retirement, but um, I definitely, it, it kind of, if after a minute was not as shocking as probably the initial reaction. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, his, his note announcing his retirement said he's excited for the next chapter of his life. So I don't know if he has something else planned or if he's just planning on spending more time with his family, you know, not being on the road uh, for 80 days during or, or however many days are on the road out of the year playing so much baseball all the time, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know what his next chapter is, but you know, everyone has their reasons for retiring no matter what it age it is. You know, you look at the NFL, you got guys like Andrew Luck retiring early when they're in the, the prime of their career. So everyone has their reasons. So you just got to wish them best in retirement and congratulations on a great career to Kyle Seeger. I know Mariners fans are going to be feeling that loss in the lineup though. And of course the other big news from the past couple of weeks, the Mets have their new manager. And I got to tell you, I really like this move. I know we talk all the time about the Mets making moves in free agency, making trades. And we say, or at least I say that they're still the Mets. They got to do something else if they want me to actually believe in them and respect them. Well, this is that move. They hired Buck Showalter as their manager for the 2022 season. I love Buck Showalter. I don't know why he wasn't a manager in Major League Baseball already. You know, I honestly thought that maybe the Yankees should look at bringing him back, but they are sticking with Aaron Boone for the foreseeable future. So the Mets, the other New York team, they bring Buck Showalter in as their manager. Got to tell you, I really, really love this move. I think he was, uh, you know, he was a great manager with the Orioles. He was good with the Yankees in the 90s, and he, they fired him one season before they won the World Series. Then he went to the Diamondbacks, and they fired him one season before they won the World Series. So he's had a, a lot of close calls there uh, with the teams that he's managed. But I really like this move by the Mets. I think that he is the right kind of manager for this team. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I, obviously, you know, the guy took the Orioles to the World Series, and or not to the World Series, the playoffs, and look where the Orioles are at right now. So I I, I agree. It's it's definitely weird to see Buck Schultz back in baseball after such a long break. And maybe the Tony La Russa hiring by the White Sox is kind of clouding my judgment in this, where I'm very skeptical of it just because of his age. And so I think from a, a culture perspective, which is probably what the Mets need the most, I think this is a phenomenal hire in terms of just a guy that can come in. And, and this could be a guy who you have for the next two to three seasons, change your culture, and then you hire you know, your next manager to kind of put you over the top. But uh, Buck will change the culture and kind of bring a winning attitude because I think this Mets team was very talented. It's just it did not know how to win. Like, especially down the stretch. So getting a guy who knows how to win big games, get to the postseason, I think is, was very needed for this Mets team. And so it definitely may, I don't hate it uh, to put it that way. I'm, I'm very much, I'm like, I like it, but I need to see it work out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's definitely an old school guy, um, which can be kind of hit or miss. I mean, you look at the the Astros and Dusty Baker. He got them back to the World Series last season. Uh, and then you look at the White Sox and Tony La Russa, and they had a great season. Obviously, didn't succeed in the playoffs. But, you know, I think those old school guys can be hit or miss when, when they get hired right now. But I think Buck Showalter, you know, he last managed in 2018, so it wasn't that long ago. He's only 65 years old, so he's not, you know, he's not 76 like Tony La Russa is. I think that he 
hasn't been out of the game too long. He's been around the game broadcasting. I think that he is just I, – I really, really like this move by the Mets. And I don't praise the Mets that often because they make a lot of mistakes and a lot of dumb moves, hiring you know, general managers that have questionable pasts and managers that have questionable pasts and you know, signing players that don't pan out. They make a lot of bad moves. So I actually like this one. Props to the Mets for bringing in a guy like Buck Showalter. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. You know, I, I think this is a, a solid move, but definitely, again, this is his old school guy and it, it did not end well with the Orioles. Like, let's let's not, you know, they had a lot of success, but it also did not end well. So we'll see what happens. I think, um, you know, I think the Mets are probably roster-wise the best team in the division, but I'll still probably favor Atlanta just based off of their coming off the World Series. And hopefully they'll have Freddie Freeman back. Um, they'll obviously eventually have Ronald Acuna Jr. back. So it, it's definitely going to be something to see. The NL East is so deep, especially if the Phillies play like they did down the stretch, you know, for a whole season. And so, you know, I, I believe the Nationals have talent to come kind of bounce back. So, We'll, we'll we'll see what happens in a, a very, I think, competitive division outside probably NL Central, maybe the most competitive division in baseball from top to bottom. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's going to be a fun division again this year. All right, Trey, I think one more thing that we unfortunately have to touch on before we wrap up today's episode. Of course, it is bowl season in college football. And there's one bowl played at a major league baseball stadium. There's no, supposed to be two. No, there's actually more than that. There's um oh, okay. four. Four. So you so you have uh obviously Yankee Stadium, Fenway, uh, you have Chase Field and Petco. Okay. All right, I stand corrected. So of course, but the one Fenway got, bowl canceled. got canceled. So yeah. did Petco. So the one yeah. in San Diego. I, I think because the holiday bowl is the now holiday, in. Yeah. yeah. I think the holiday bowl is at is is in the Petco. So there's supposed to be four, four bowl games in major league baseball stadiums. One of them featured our alma mater, Virginia tech this year playing in the pinstripe bowl at Yankee stadium. You of course, being kicks. a Yankees fan and a Virginia tech fan. I'm sure you were thrilled about that, that bowl pick, but the, yeah, like you said, got our bus. Also kicked. the, outcome the was history, the Yankees are very much tied to Virginia Tech, especially, you know, they, they played a freaking game in 2008 at in, at in Blacksburg. You know, this was, you know, you had Giambi, Jeter, A-Rod. G, um, this was, a you know, the World Series team, you know, core basically coming back and playing a game in Blacksburg, of course, after the 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 shooting in Virginia Tech. But so they're both these two. It's very much linked. So the. For Virginia Tech, the first time to play in this game was pretty special, I think, for them. Yeah, it was. They didn't play well, but it was pretty <laughs> cool to see. Yeah, it was cool. And I, I really loved the helmets that Virginia Tech wore with the Yankees logo on one side of them. I thought that was really cool. Um, and, you know, that was shared all over social media. I know MLB on Fox shared it on their Instagram. And uh, a bunch of people that don't know, you know, that aren't Virginia Tech fans, they were commenting saying like, well, if I was a Virginia Tech fan and didn't like the Yankees, I would hate this. And, you know, they didn't understand the history behind it. I saw some people in the comments kind of telling them, you know, why, why Virginia Tech was doing that because of the history between the Yankees and Virginia Tech. And 
it is a, re a really great connection that the two organizations have. So I think it was cool that they got to play in the game. Uh, I think the the logo on the helmet was cool. Um, you know, I'm sure I know we have a, a lot of friends that were up at that game, people covering the game. Like I know Tim Thomas was up there. I think Corey Van Dyke was up there for the game. So I'm sure they all enjoyed it. I'm sure it was a really fun experience being able Kyle to was there. Shout out to Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle was there. He was there as a fan. He went with his parents. So I'm sure they all had a really fun time being able to take in that game at Yankee Stadium. Um, but unfortunately, not the game, not the 54 to 10. Wanted. Their lo biggest loss since like they lost 45 nothing to Vanderbilt. But Granted, you know what? The Fuente era is officially over now. Ding dong. The witch is dead, I guess. And it's Brent Pry. Brent Pry is on the clock. Yeah. And, and Minnesota won in the Arizona Bowl at Chase Field. Uh, the Gasparilla Bowl, which got moved to Raymond James Stadium, used to be played at the Trop. And I I think Globe Life Field might have a game. Um, Seems like a good stadium for it. Let me, let me search. Let me do some. Of course, Fenway was supposed to host the Fenway Bowl, but... University of Virginia had to pull out of that game because of no, they so organization. so they didn't play a bowl game there. But when Air Force and Army played, which was actually a really good game, they played at Globe Life Field. So that's okay. pretty interesting as well. So how about that? But also the Rangers Field, the old Rangers Field, has been converted to a football stadium. So that yeah. that's one thing. Yeah, to look at. One of the uh, the XFL teams played there during their short season a couple years ago. All right. Well, I think that is all we've got on today's episode of Foul Ball Area. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, leave us a review, a five-star review. Get that algorithm going, and, and we will uh, eventually read them back on the air. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Mackins in the News, at Trey Lyle VT, at Foul Ball Area, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, leave us your thoughts on all our social media platforms and what you think. Give us a New Year's resolution for baseball. And as always, thank you so much for listening to this Foul Ball Area podcast. We will see you in 2022. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.